Welcome to Prima's podcast. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Gary Jennings will discuss useful metrics for claims management. As founder and principal of Strategic Claims Direction, Gary has over 40 years experience in claims management with 20 years of claims consulting experience. Gary is familiar with many different facets of claims administration. Having worked for an insurer, a TPA, an independent adjusting firm, a corporate claims organization, and two of the big four consulting firms prior to forming SCD. Gary brings real-world solutions to meet your claims management needs. Gary is also a frequent speaker at professional conferences and has authored numerous articles, including some in Public Risk Magazine. We will also be joined by Danica Williams, Prima's Member Services Manager. Danica will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the show. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. What are some systems that may be used to capture, consolidate, and report risk management data? And what systems or methods work best for you, and how? Each entity must determine the extent of its data needs for claims management. In some cases, it may include existing tools, such as Excel or Access, if it's a very small program and there's no budget at all for a claims or risk management information system. Access and Excel have obvious limitations that would not be adequate for most claims programs, but they may be what is needed for a particular operation. There are numerous systems which will allow public entities to capture, consolidate, and report risk management data. Some have more features than others that may provide benefits to different entities depending on what they need. Many insurers and TPAs also have their own systems that are primarily focused on claims administration but can provide other features. Some of the larger systems we see most frequently include, in alphabetical order, ClearSight, which was formerly called CS Stars, CSC, David Corporation, Origami, Risk Sciences Group, Risk Connect, and Ventive, which was formerly Aon eSolutions. Some of these systems also have different suites of products with different features and levels, as well as costs. There are also several other systems besides these seven I mentioned that can meet your needs. It's important to note that an entity's size, number, experience of its personnel, its budget, and how it hopes to use the system will affect the system it selects. Each entity's specific needs will also depend on the lines of insurance it wants to track. For example, workers' compensation management requires more complex administration, while liability and property claims are a little less complex. For purposes of this discussion, we'll focus on systems that can help you manage workers' compensation, liability, and property claims. These systems have many, many features depending on which ones you select, but a few of the features that some of them may offer to you are reporting incidents, managing claims, including integrating with other systems such as medical bill review, case management, appraisers, payroll, HR, and other systems. They also may provide feature to submit information required by Medicare on the mandatory Medicare reporting requirements. They may help you track exposures and align them with the loss information you have. Uh, You can track asset values. You can allocate costs or premiums based on your history and your exposure. It may help you to manage your fleet. You have a large fleet operation, as many public entities do with their different uh, departmental trucks and vehicles. Help you to analyze limits and layers of your insurance or reinsurance or excess insurance. 
if you have it. Reporting to excess carriers, developing loss triangles to help with your actuarial projections, consolidating data from TPAs and insurers and self-administered programs. You can even store your policies in some of them, which is always helpful if you have future claims. Now, do the claims systems provide the claims metrics that public entities need? I think what I've seen working with public entities is that they have various needs for data. Now, public entities, more than corporations, are more focused on annual year or fiscal year budgets. So they will track data for these periods, which can be done in virtually all systems. So you may need to report for the period of July 1st to June 30th, and your policies are in those periods, so obviously you need to track for losses within those periods against your annual budget. Most systems also have a standard set of reports they provide to their clients based on either what their clients have told them or, in some cases, what they think their clients want. So it's critical that each risk or claims manager determine what they need from their own entity's perspective. Gary, do the standard reports in the RMIS library provide the information needed, or should we request additional reports? Each risk management information system library may have different reports from the one that is competing with it. So the standard reports offered by each provider may or may not satisfy your needs. Standard reports, as well as ad hoc reports you request and might want to see in the same format later, should be saved, maintained, and scheduled as needed so they appear on the dates you need them or may be on a dashboard, may appear on a dashboard you see daily. If you decide you have different report needs, specify what you need to have the remittance provider develop, schedule, and automate delivery. How quickly should you be able to get the ad hoc reports that you request? This will vary depending upon the system you choose. Now, some of the systems will have limitations that make ad hoc reporting more difficult. Some have reports you can create yourself by dragging and dropping the information you want into the desired format. Some of these are easier to use than others. If you can't develop it yourself, ideally you should be able to get the report from your vendor in a few days. When you select a a vendor, a risk management provider, be sure you clarify whether additional fees will be charged for developing additional reports, how long it takes, and who you go to for these requests. So what areas do you find difficult to measure? Many entities uh, find it hard to measure the relationship between claims activities or circumstances and claims outcomes. For example, the relationship between when something happens in terms of investigation and contact and whether a claim gets into litigation or how the claim is uh, resolved later on. A few of the activities that can impact the outcome include items such as reporting timeliness from the department, the adjuster's timely contact uh, with uh, departments, with the claimants, medical providers, um, whether or not the claimant has an attorney, how quickly and how completely the investigation is done, whether they use medical case managers, whether the entity has a return-to-work program or whether it varies by department, whether it uses specific appraisers for appraising vehicles or heavy equipment, how effective particular defense firms are, and other factors that uh, also affect the outcome but are too uh, detailed to include in this discussion. 
Now, some of these relationships might be difficult to measure because the entity or the public entity has not defined the relationship it wants to measure, or if it's self-administered, or if it has a third-party administrator to manage these claims, they have not previously captured the information that is needed to make these comparisons and these relationships. I have performed numerous claims audits on many different systems. Many of them have fields available for input in certain categories, but oftentimes I see that the adjusters have not input information into the system. Therefore, obviously, you cannot pull out information from fields you have not input. So it's very important that you decide on what areas of the claims system and what fields you want to use for future comparisons and be sure that the adjusters, the TPA, your own staff, whoever is inputting information into the claim, fills the needed fields and updates them as needed. We hope you're enjoying the podcast. In 2017, Prima will host two Enterprise Risk Management, ERM, trainings. The first ERM training session will take place March 21st through 22nd in Memphis, Tennessee. The second ERM training session will take place November 14th through 15th in San Diego, California. I hope you're able to attend one of the 2017 ERM trainings. Here are some words from Prima's ERM faculty member, Robin Flint, regarding why risk management professionals should attend Prima's ERM training. An enterprise-wide approach to risk management enables a public entity to consider the potential impact of all types of risk on all of its entities, processes, activities, stakeholders, products, or services. Second, ERM enables a public entity's risk management initiatives to deliver outputs, including compliance with applicable governance requirements, assurance to stakeholders regarding the management of risk, and overall improved decision-making. Third, and what I deem as most important, participants will learn how ISO 31000, or ERM, aligns a public entity's risk management strategy with the organization's goals and objectives. To learn more about Prima's ERM training, visit primacentral.org. Now back to Gary and Danica. How can an entity measure the results obtained versus current best practices? First of all, I want to comment on what I mean about industry best practices. In the claims world, there are numerous procedures, practices, and activities that have been identified as those needed to reach the best outcome. It can be things such as timely contact, particular litigation management standards. Timely reporting is obviously necessary in order to get the claim underway as soon as possible. There are many different activities that have been identified as those that will help you get a better result. However, measuring only those activities is not the end-all in claims management. We must be sure that once this data is gathered, that the adjusters actually use this data helpfully and sit back and make determinations and action plans about what is to be done to move the claims to eventual closure. Obviously, the most accurate way to measure results is to evaluate a closed claim. Since you already know the outcome, and you can go back and see how it was handled. However, we all want to measure claims and evaluate what's going on while claims are still open to confirm if it's being managed properly and to take action if it's not being managed properly. 
claims audits can be a part of the ongoing evaluation process, but you should also have the claims administrator report on how it is doing and adhering to these best practices. This includes evaluating the timing and completeness of activities such as reporting by the department in which the incident occurred, the adjuster's contact with the department, the employee, the claimant, whoever the other parties are involved in the incident, Investigation determine how the incident occurred and factors that might affect the outcome. Decisions concerning compensability or liability or scope of loss. The timing of payments and the accuracy of payments when appropriate documentation has been gathered to really evaluate the injury or damage and many other aspects. So these particular types of activities need to be measured by your third party administrator or by your self-administered program to really track the progress during the life of each claim. It's also important to obtain from TPAs, if you're using them to manage your claims, regular updates on what they're doing, how they're doing, the lag time reports and things such of that nature that provide you information about how effectively they're managing the claims. You should also obtain stewardship reports from the TPA or possibly from its medical case management company on medical bill savings, on the timing of their work, on reserve changes that are occurring that are significant to you, on settlements that are being offered, on the costs, average cost of claims, on average litigation costs by each defense firm, and other factors. Finally, Gary, what are some recommendations for drafting data reporting and analysis requirements? It's, it's important to note that every public entity is, is typically required to go through the RFP process to select a system or any particular service that the entity requires. This will require ultimately a, an evaluation of proposals of descriptions of the services that you'll be provided by the uh, risk management information system vendors. If you're going to evaluate based on your needs, be sure you understand and clearly define whether your staff or a TPA will use the system to manage claims or whether it be simply used to capture information from another system that's managing your, being used to manage your claims. Be clear on the corporate hierarchy, or not the corporate hierarchy, but the public entity hierarchy and the way you want to report within that hierarchy. You also need to understand how you want to report to different people within the organization and the measure of detail or summary that they might want. So, for example, you may want to report on the entity as a whole, on particular divisions of the organization, particular departments of the organization, particular shifts, supervisors. You may want to separate sworn officers versus other employees in the police or sheriff's department. You may want to separate claims by exempt versus hourly, by union, if you have unions in your organization, and, and other such examples. So if you want to report in these different segments, be sure there are separate codes and hierarchies to capture this information so the system can display the information you want it. You also need to be clear to understand and clearly define the data fields that you've captured in the past the data fields you want to add, if any, to establish these relationships and comparisons, and the data fields you want to align with each other, such as 
claim counts or costs with the number of employees or payrolls, claim counts or costs with the number of vehicles, claim counts or costs uh, compared to asset valuations, timeliness of contact versus average paid claim, any other particular type of relationship you want to evaluate. You also need to point out the specific reports desired and the frequency and distribution of these reports, including the people that uh, will receive the reports and their varying needs. For, for example, the chief executive or the executive director will likely want less detail and more summary information on your claims program. However, they may have a particular interest in one section of your claims program or your risk management program. They may want more detail in some particular information in some particular areas. So you should be able to provide them easily with any backup information you need that goes into the summary reports. On the other hand, for a particular division or department head, they may need more detail about their particular shifts, about their particular employees, about particular types of operations for which they are responsible. You need to be clear on how you want the data displayed. Is it going to be in a PDF form, in a Excel format? How many rows? What are the rows? What are the headings for these rows? You also need to be sure you're clear on how often you want this information or whether you want it on the daily dashboard. And we haven't really talked about dashboard, but dashboards are simply information that you have displayed on your screen it captures some of the major components of claims and risk management that you particularly want to follow. And many systems have the ability to tailor these to a particular person's needs, whether it's the risk manager, claims manager, adjuster, finance department, whoever might be involved in looking at this information. You also need to be clear on the frequency of the updates within the system. They may be daily, they may be weekly, they may be monthly in terms of how the information comes to you from a system. This is especially important to note if they are consolidating data from one or more third-party administrators or other sources outside the risk management information system. You can usually specify whether it's daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever the case might be, but recognize that there are probably going to be some different fees associated with how often this information is updated. Be sure you're clear on that. Also, a very important aspect is the type of training that you're going to receive. Each of the people that are going to be accessing the system need to be clear on how to access that system efficiently. So not only beginning, when you first start using the system, do you need to be trained on it, but also periodically get updated training. It's often easy to go into a class and pick up a few things that you can learn and use right then. But a week or two or a month or two later, you may have forgotten that information and need a refresher course. Be sure you're clear on how you get that refresher course, how often it can happen, and whether those are additional costs to you. So uh, finally, when you're developing an RFP for a risk management information system, be careful to provide the potential providers as much information as possible to accurately estimate the resources they're going to need and the parts of the systems or the individual systems within their suite of services to meet your needs. However, when possible, be open to suggestions from them about how to meet some of your needs. They may have already linked with other systems or developed procedures for getting information that you haven't considered. So talk with them, learn some of the options that are available to you, 
and then see if they can be used to make your implementation and your system more user-friendly and more efficient. Thank you very much, Gary. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Gary and Danica. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Enjoy the rest of your day.